You're listening to the Late Night Football Show with your host, Rohit Singh. That's me. On this show, we talk about some of the most serious, least silly topics from the world of football for your entertainment and enjoyment. Please remember that the show is BYOL. Bring your own laughs, since we don't have the budget for a studio audience. Happy listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Night Football. Uh, it's been uh, it's been an interesting uh, week uh, or a day actually, interesting day of games uh, today. And uh, we're, we're trying to smile. We're all trying to smile, but we're not actually. I think all we're all sad on the inside or angry on the inside. Uh, not sure what's going on. But uh, welcome Ayush to the show back again under different circumstances. But welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, and welcome back, Akash. We had you here on Friday, and I have you back again. Uh, thanks so much for joining as well. Hey, uh, thanks. Yeah, so there's a lot, lot to unpack. And and when I okay, so halfway through, I think about two hours ago, I thought we'll we'll do the Liverpool game first because that'll be easy, straightforward. We'll talk about you know blah 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 how Liverpool are going to walk the league, all of that, and then we'll talk about Manchester United. But that obviously didn't happen. Um, so I think we'll start with Manchester United because that game happened first, and there's a lot to unpack. So we'll start with Manchester United, uh, and. <laughs> I don't know whether it's because of the Liverpool game or because of the uh, fact that it's been a couple of hours, but I, I can now take a step back. I can be a little bit calm. I can be a bit calmer. I can talk about this, but I was fuming. But let's start with the team selection, Akash. Do you think, um, or do you think, obviously, whatever happened in the game? Do you think at the start when you saw that team sheet, did you think that was the right the right team that was put out? Uh, I think it was the right team. I mean. I wasn't expecting to see Bai again because uh, it will be a bit heavy on his uh, fitness because he has been injured for a while now. So I was happy with him uh, in the first name in the sheet. So and coming to Pogba, I expected him to start no matter how poor his performance was and how good Van der Beek was midweek. So yeah, I think it was the right team to go with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it is interesting though. I mean. Uh... Ayush, we talked about penalties in our uh, in our uh, review show, preview show. We keep talking about it. First minute, couldn't couldn't have scripted it better, right? First minute, the United get a penalty. Was it a legit penalty, according to you? Yes, uh, I think so. I mean, uh, this, it was checked by VAR also, so yeah, it was a penalty. Yeah. But, uh, the contact was not that uh, great, but uh, it was a penalty. Yeah. Um. Do you think that that early goal kind of affected United a little bit because they kind of, you know, sometimes what happens when you get early goals is teams can take be taken aback because you know you've already gone back. But sometimes it can also create that sense, that false sense of security where you think, okay, we've got that early goal, we can relax a little bit. Whereas you know you're not on it at the start. Do you think that happened uh, to United when they got that first goal where they thought, okay, you know, they were kind of like a little bit, uh, they got ahead of themselves a little bit. Yes, definitely. I mean, it uh, gave a shot in the arms to Tottenham to attack. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you are most vulnerable when you concede uh, or score. So, mm-hmm. that and uh, goes to them to get chances. And United were definitely very open. I mean, the defending from Maguire was obviously, for everyone yeah. to see it was too bad. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And I think before we get into that, I know the tendency is to and another tendency is to be angry, but I think I want I want at least my hope is to be as constructive constructive as possible in in what we talk about. So we are going to get into the negative stuff now, at least from a United point of view. Uh, starting with that first goal, uh, what what I mean, <laughs> where do you begin? Okay, so Maguire heads it, 
he heads it straight at by i think it was uh goes up he goes yeah. for a second header that he goes behind so he tries to head it back to de Gea for whatever reason uh and then uh that doesn't work so then shaw is trying to clear it he tackles shaw Maguire tackles shaw um and then after all of that it, it, he just lets it go it just goes inside i mean um akash I, uh did he panic was there a sense of panic in him when he when he saw this whole thing unfolding in front of him or do you think it was just a bad decision like i mean where where exactly like, what 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 happened there see of course it was a moment of panic uh because we scored like a minute back and uh, after that spurs have a counter attack and you know uh, maguire first of all harry mega was was not supposed to be in that position i believe uh Bai should be the one dealing with that, and Manbeseka should be a bit narrower when the ball is inside the box. So I don't know what Maguire was trying to do with the initial header. The second header, I can understand he's trying to, uh, you know, get the ball to David De Gea. So the first one, I think it's it, it was a ridiculous mistake. I don't know if if he was, uh, you know, getting the ball towards the corner line or maybe trying to clear it that way. So yeah, I mean, but you have also seen in the previous games and. even in the last season last season we defended okay i'm not saying we defended bad but it was decent we considered a lot less goals but the thing is uh, harry magoya has not looked assured whenever he has played i mean when he has the ball he tends to get a bit clueless you know now let's take an example of chris morning so whenever he used to play uh, the best he can do is to clear the ball which is a basic for a defender okay so in that moment what i need from harry maguire initially is to you know get the ball out of the danger area and after that he can use his you know uh, passing abilities and whatever head heading he tried i mean i'm not sure what that was so i believe harry maguire was totally at fault for that goal yeah uh let's talk about the second goal ayush uh harry maguire again makes the tackle fair enough it's you know in a harmless area and then he sort of just leaves leaves came to you know make that pass and then goes to son uh i mean where where do you see do you do you, do you think it was like, again was it like you know he was a little bit unsettled or was it the fact that i mean there's no justification for these goals right they have they, they there is it's clear what was going on but i mean what where where does it i mean i mean what what exactly could could have been done differently i mean in that situation really the defense was not shielded properly i think i mean once you concede the thing you have to do is to get back and become more narrower more compact and defend as a team i mean the team was there were so many so much spaces i mean someone could literally could run 15 yards with the ball and no one was there to make a tackle the full backs were non existent so i mean it's easy to blame maguire uh, but uh, when son is running at full tilt towards you i mean you can't do much about it i mean you can either pull him down and get a red card or do something silly yeah just it's so, that it's that pass from kane that's pretty much the thing yeah. that uh, either maguire yeah. or van bissaka van bissaka tried put a foot in but that was too late uh, maguire just stood there waiting basically i think he thought that so the ref was going to talk to him or something kane just put it down and went ahead yeah. uh, it it's uh, it's sad to see and then of course i should talk about the red card now because that i think i think up to that point you know leaving everything aside uh, the red card uh, what do uh, what do you think was it a red card was was i guess a was it a red card for martial and b should it have been a red card for lamela yes i think i mean it was pathetic 
performance on Lamella. I mean, it's not expected from him, and uh, not at least after he. Uh, I mean, VAR is also there. I mean, yeah. how could uh, he even attempt such a faking of? Uh, but there was a hand uh, mistake from Martial, but uh, it was not uh, worthy of a red card. Or either should be a yellow card for both of both the parties. So it was definitely unfair for United, and it uh, the match was poised. To be a thriller, but uh, it just took out the sting out of United and made it much easier for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, I didn't think it was. A, I mean, I thought it wasn't a red card, but I can see why it was given. I thought. Well, I thought Lamela should have been sent off if if Marcel is going to be sent off because he put that elbow in. Uh, but Akash, uh, the one thing that, that 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 surprises me is, and this is something that I noticed, is that Jose has been on the offensive with the referees and Man United. He's been subtly making those arguments, right, that they get all decisions. Did that play a part in in that that that, that sort of subtle? I, I call it bullying because I think that's what he's trying to do. But uh, do you think that played a part in that in in this in this incident where they thought, okay, you know, we've got a this is what it's you know subconsciously plays it plays a part, doesn't it? Uh, I think it's possible. Uh... We have seen in the last week uh, that like both Ole and Mourinho were trying to play mind games, and uh, as Ole was complaining about the penalties and stuff, which United have been given in recent times. But also, I think it was a bit smart from Tottenham and Lamela. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, this was discussed in the dressing room before the game. We have seen in the documentary, uh, I think for last year, how Mourinho wants his players to be. That word I'm not saying right now, but yeah, he wants to be the bad guy. He wants the players to behave in in a certain way that they are not portrayed as the good guys who are soft. So I think he got it right here, and of course it was not a red card. Lamela easily managed to con the referee, and at the most it was a yellow card to both players because I mean there was nothing in it. I mean it was just a show. I mean it happens in each and every set piece you take. So I mean the ref probably made a big deal out of it. especially after lamela got down so yeah i mean but i don't think this decision changed the course of the game entirely yeah you can say 6-1 is a bit of exaggeration considering we played with 10 men but i think we were struggling and we deserved to lose yeah yeah i don't think the result would have changed i said it at the start at the preview so i did think united were going to win the game and so and um, you know that i mean but actually that that means you know the point that i want to ask though but i didn't think the result was going to change but it completely killed it in in some ways and we'll talk about that but before that uh, uh akash uh, why son playing wasn't son injured isn't that what they were saying that son was injured before the game i'm saying how come he started that game i think he <laughs> lied i think he lied i don't think the injury was serious i think he just lied and he basically pulled that trick out of the hat uh, i don't know but uh, yeah I, th- yeah i mean it, it seems that way doesn't it that you know he's he played i moved him for my fantasy premier league team <laughs> just for oh, yeah, i lost that on points there <laughs> Didn't you? No, but I was I was trying to tell you in the podcast we did with Shashi yes. that uh, Son is not necessarily out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was in the news that will be out for a few weeks, as Jose even said that he mm-hmm. is temporarily out. But yeah, again. No, I remember uh, he was doubtful. This is classic Jose. Yeah, I remember you saying that he might play, he might not play, and I remember saying if he yeah. plays, we're we're done. But the way that he said it was like it's going to be a few weeks, or like he was not going to play. But I, I think he just lied about it. I think he's, he's done that before in the but, past, where he said somebody's not going to play, and then they play. Yes, but I think Ole was ready. I mean, he definitely knew that Son was going to be a part of it. He even said post match. I don't know if he meant that, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, but no. I think even without Son, it would be difficult for us. 
Yeah, but now let's talk. Let's get into let's get into the the post red card because I think this is where the entire thing came apart. And what what I noticed in the players, and I noticed this as soon as even though there was not much of protest, he goes off. It almost seems like United were like, okay, we're done at this point. Like this is the game game yeah. over for us. And it's it's disheartening to see. Fair enough, you're down to ten men. Uh, it's it's a silly red card. It's a wrong it's a wrong decision. Any everybody sees that the ref is bad. Whatever. But for the players to give up at that point because it's only 30 minutes. Right? If it's 70 minutes, fair enough, you can understand. Okay, you know, it's not your day. But 30 minutes for the players to just say, <laughs> giving up. Um, it just it 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 was saddening to see. It was just like you know, every goal goes in. And and the thing is, what I noticed them, it's it's you could see the hurt in in all his eyes. But the players were like, yeah. it's fine. It's, you know, it's whatever. And uh, that's that's hard to see, isn't it? Um, when you watch that. Yeah, obviously. I mean. you can see the mentality of the players at that point of time you know these players have to be strong so even if we lose a game by let's say two goals or three goals you just don't give up at a club like man united and uh, if there were fans in the stadium i mean it would be ridiculous i mean for them they would be you know like game week of this season yeah i can understand that we did not had a pre season but you know the basics of the game should be acknowledged and uh, i think it starts with ole he should have done a better job in this uh, position yeah i mean it's it's hard to say like i i mean we've had this conversation we're having this conversation even though the game is going on i honestly i mean I, and i used to let, let's bring you into this because as a rival fan you probably see it um how much do you think was ole to blame for this game um you know just say the other baseline what do you think you know how much do you think lies on the players how do you think how much lies on the manager after the red card i mean uh, because spurs is a quality team with the quality strikers and wingers that's one team so they can definitely hurt you so ole has hasn't got uh, the arsenal and uh, to counter this such kind of situation i mean the position based teams like uh, barca or city even with 10 players they manage to keep the possession properly and uh, keep the uh, opposition out of uh, their own uh, area but uh, man united clearly don't have those kind of players who can keep the ball i mean pogba is very poor in that red also and these guys i mean they are just not that quality and could uh, they even lack your desire i mean they just gave up like you said so and ole couldn't do much about it so so he could have brought anyone and uh, the result would have been same similar Yeah. So not much a blame to on Ole. I mean, I see because also my team also has suffered today. So <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and there is them. and there are similarities in how the teams play today, and and there are differences. And and I will and we will touch on that. And we're going to come to Liverpool, but I I do want to go in a little bit on Ole and then some individual performances, and then we'll come to Liverpool. Ah, uh, the first thing that I feel is I know a lot of people will say that he was out of his depth or he made mistakes, and he made mistakes in this game. Absolutely, I think Donny Shvandebik should have started. I don't think Pogba should have started yeah. this game, irrespective of how he played. He shouldn't have started, but he did. I can kind of understand that. Fair enough. Um, I was surprised when at halftime he made substitutions. He didn't bring on Donny. I don't think it was the wrong idea to take off Bruno and Matic because I think he just wanted to rest Bruno, which is totally fine. I mean, the game's gone and Matic is too slow <laughs> at that point to play that. So I get it, but I think Don- Donny should have come in. Um, I think I definitely think that should have happened, but I don't. But and I think and there was other mistakes as well. But I don't think you can account for individual errors because I think all the six goals were all individual errors. There was no at no point did I feel like Tottenham had got those goals because they played some really good passes or they were like tearing them apart. It wasn't happening. It was just individual errors which keep happening, and a manager really can't do much, you know, at that point when there are individual errors. 
Um, but that's just my take on it. And I understand people have different opinions. I do feel anyway, and I said this as well, um, it goes back to, la- to the squad depth. I think even if Oli wants to make changes, who is he going to bring on? Like, I mean, why, why does Paul Pogba need to perform better at two on down? Why does he need to care when he knows he's still going to play the next game if he's not going to be dropped? Um, why does Harry Maguire need to worry? Because he knows who's coming next. It's, it's Victor Lindelof, right? He's, he's bad too. Like, I mean, okay, fair enough. Victor Lindelof will come for a game. He'll probably perform bad. He'll go out. I mean, you know, and even if somehow they play well, they know Eric Bay is going to get injured in, in two or three weeks. So then he's going to come back again. So, so where is, where's, I mean, you know, where's, and that's where we talk about, that's where it goes to the board, right? I mean, where is the depth? Where is that depth that the manager needs to say, hey, listen, if you're not going to perform, I'm going to have to drop you because I've got this guy who's doing well. Um, he tried the other way where he said, I think in the press conference, he said that I've got a very good team. They're all playing well. And he tried to use that. But that's the only option he has, right? I mean, he cannot go and say, well, I've got these other players lying, stay, you know, waiting to come in. He doesn't have that. Um, and that, I think, is where I, I believe that's where the focus needs to be on the recruitment side of things. But Akash, what do you think? See, uh, as far as the recruitment is concerned, I do feel a bit sorry for Solchar because the business is yet to be done and we are on the deadline day as we speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I think is Ole is a bit scared to drop some players, like including Pogba and Harry Maguire. Now, obviously, Harry Maguire was bought for 80 million and it is his signing. So if he drops them, there will be a lot of questions asked, not only by the fans, but also by the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so... And the thing is, another thing is we don't have enough quality that we mm-hmm. all can agree upon. Yeah. And I also believe that we are selling a best centre-back, that is Chris Smalling. And it is how, I mean, it is embarrassing embarrassing to say that. I mean, we have invested like, you know, 150 million on three centre-backs mm-hmm. like by Lindelof and Harry Maguire. Mm-hmm. And Smalling can do a better job in these among these three. Yeah. So, again, we are sm- uh, selling Smalling. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so yeah. we are selling him and we are not replacing him with any person. So I think that's a worry mm-hmm. because that should have been a priority ahead of a left back. But again, look, it was a Luke Shaw disaster class. I mean, I don't know if if this was scripted or something because Alex Tillis' deal was agreed and Luke Shaw was like, I don't give a damn about this game now. So um, I don't know what's going on with him. I, I didn't think he was that bad. I think in the second half, basically, Ole played uh, Rashford as a striker. So he didn't have any protection on the left side. He was basically the left back, left wing back, left midfield, all of that. So I'll give him a pass for that one. I don't think he was that bad. But I understand where it's going. Um, with regards to Alex Telles, I think that deal is now done. It's going to happen. We know yeah. that. And Ensign Cavani is going to come as well. Um, and I will talk about, about what the permutations combinations are. But I understand your point about... But that's, again, competition, right? Now like Luke Shaw knows that there's yeah. somebody behind him who can take his place. Otherwise, it's Brandon Williams who's a right-footed left-back. And isn't that good? Um, we're going to talk about individual performances now because I want to... I know uh, we need to get into this. So, um, Ayush, I'll start with you. Uh, and we'll start with Paul Pogba. Uh, because I, I mean, it's four years now, and uh, he's had one good performance. He's had two good performances in four years. One of those not for Manchester United. He had that in the World Cup final, which everybody talks about, and then that Manchester City game. One good game in four years. I mean, I, I, I've been pretty public about this. I don't think Paul Pogba is world class. I think he's a decent player who needs too many things around him, too many factors to go his way to put in a good performance. But I, I you know, what do you think? What do you think of Paul Pogba now? Is it time? I mean, I think it's time. I think it's high time we give up. But what do you think? Yeah, I think Paul Pogba's situation is pretty similar to what Mesut Ozil is facing in Arsenal. <laughs> it's just that Arsenal have realized it and they have uh, probably accepted the fate that uh, he's not going. He's not the same player anymore. 
and but uh, United are still trying to salvage something out of Pogba, which is not there. I mean, he's suitable for uh, uh, Syria, where the pace is slow and the players are not that physical. But in uh, uh, EPL, I mean, the players don't give uh, any moment of uh, rest, and uh, they are on to you in a second. And uh, he doesn't. He, you don't can't uh, just um, play like Berbatov and uh, just flick around and show your tricks and flicks and play. Uh, I hardly see any 30-yard goals also from him, which we used to see during his Juve days. So I think he's done and uh, probably should be sold. Berbatov actually was class on his day, though. But yeah, I understand definitely. it, Dick. But um, I think Akash, I, I, a lot of people said that he shouldn't have played 90 minutes uh, today. I think it was a good decision to let him play 90 minutes because I can, and again, this I don't know if this is true. This is just my theory, but I think Ole probably told him, look, I'm going to give you another 45 minutes, but this base, because I want to see what you can do. Um, and if you cannot do it now, then I think it's time for you to sort of accept a bench role going forward. That was my interpretation of why he let him play 90 minutes. But what do you, uh, what do you think? Do you think, um, do you, do you think, do you agree that it's the end of the road? Like it's sort of time for him to be dropped or do you think it's uh, that uh, there's still time to change it? Uh, see, uh, we have been talking about Pogba since a couple of years now, like how gifted he is. But, you know, all he has shown are his glimpses. Mm -hmm. So, I think we have a competitor on the bench and we bought him this season for £35 million pounds and I think he deserves to start. Because, you know, if you not give him a chance to, you know, play the big games, the actual games, which we need points in, then how would we, how do you judge a transfer like that? Player of and caliber of Van der Beek should be in the starting eleven. I mean, so I do believe that Pogba. Sorry, or at, least, or at least be given a genuine chance to break in. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I think Van der Beek should be in the starting eleven alongside Juno, and mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what to do about this the DM position where Matic plays. I think McTominay and him can rotate, and uh, mm -hmm. with Fred in, I think they can, you know try to get a mixture of that as we did at the end of the last season where Bruno Matic, uh, sorry, Bruno, Fred and McTominay were linking up quite well against Man City also, I believe. Uh, no, so, Man City, yeah, it was Matic. But yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it's time to drop Pogba and you also have to consider that uh, he, after this season, he has one year left on his contract. So you have to make a decision whether to give him a contract or to sell him. So even if he sell him for like 30, 40 million, I think it's still good because we are, you know, letting off decent amount of wages and I think it's nonsense to pay him about anything about 250,000, which he's already earning, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I said is I think it's it's hard time we tried Donny and McTominay uh, in the middle uh, because I feel that Pogba and um, Matic works. Pogba and McTominay doesn't work because McTominay is not a CDM. So he's yeah. not going to do the sitting role, which is what Pogba needs someone to do that sitting role. But I think McTominay, because of, and Donny can probably offer more in attack, uh, more than Matic and Pop are offering at the moment. And um, they might be able to cover defensively. Both of them are pretty good to cover defensively. So maybe that's an option. Uh, let's talk about Harry Maguire. Uh, absolutely, uh, this this more performance. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, we I would say drop him. I would say let's drop him for the next game, but you're only bringing Lindelof. Lindelof is not that much better. But maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's it's a statement thing. You know, you drop him because uh, yeah. you know, like just to show that he's that he can't take his place for granted. But yeah, you you probably drop him, wouldn't you, in the next game? Yeah, I mean, it's basically how you know there was pressure on Louis Van Gaal to drop Rooney. You know, a couple of three years back or something. So I think this is the case. Uh, 
I, I believe his price tag is the only thing which is keeping him in the starting eleven. And uh, Ole has publicly said that he will be the captain of United no matter what. So, first of all, I don't think he is the captain material. He is not mm-hmm. a leader. Uh, I mean, there are players who come into the team and can definitely be captain straight away. You know, uh, as Patrice Avera said uh, in his Sky interview today that uh, he cannot imagine Maguire being a captain. You know, it, it is his first year and he is too soft. So... I don't know what he's trying to do there. So we need a leader on the field. We have desired this since you know a while. I think Rooney was the last one who was there on the pitch. So I think he has to sort this. Ole has to sort this thing out. I mean, even if you drop Harry Maguire, as you said, there are no quality players which we can put in the same position. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to try things because you can clearly see it's not working out and unless you saw those things, it will keep on not working out. So either you buy better players or you, you know, alter some formation or the players, I mean, yeah. you know, change your backline. Yeah, and I'll talk about altering formation in a second. But before that, I have one more player to talk about. Ayush, Ironman Bisaka. Uh, he's had three months now, I think, of poor performances. He was he was pretty good before that. And we, he kept sterling quiet for two games. And we all talked about that. But is, is, is there some, there's something wrong? There's something not working for him, is there? I mean... I, I can't put my I cannot put my finger on it. Uh, maybe it's the fact that he has to do like he's basically been told now to do a lot more attacking and he's not able to do both. Uh, I don't know what it is, but there is something wrong, isn't there, with, with him? Yeah, definitely looks like a technical reason behind his poor performances, obviously. Because uh, before that, uh, defensively at least, nobody could point a finger on him. He was um, definitely leagues ahead of Trent and other, uh, other options. But now he's struggling defensively also. And uh, definitely the midfield, uh, there's no shielding. And uh, he has to, he's probably uh, signed more attacking uh, duties also from Ole. So he's struggling with both those. And, uh, right. It looks like, yeah, he's he just, he, I think he's just like, he doesn't know what to do. He's not used to going forward. So he's trying to change that. But and and trying to go forward, he's I think struggling to get back in time. So he's often caught centrally because that he's trying to cover the least ground. Um, I don't know. I, I I have no idea what's going on. I, I think both Van Bissaka and Maguire. I think I think there is there is an issue with Maguire. I, I think Maguire has been unfairly uh, thought of as this Van Dyke signing that you know United keep trying to copy and trying to get Van Dyke and and they keep trying to trying to make him that person where he's not. He's clearly not that person. Um, but yeah, but there, there is issues there. Uh, talking of uh, formations, I think one of the things we talked about is Alex Teres coming. Uh, at this moment in time, there's no indication of Jaden Sancho coming. And I am now inclined to start thinking that that deal is probably not going to happen. Because if you're Jaden Sancho and you watch that game, you're going to be thinking, why would I even want to go there in the first place? Um, but I don't think that deal is going to happen. But I think the signing of Alex Teres might be a back five. I think that it might work where you don't have a right winger, so you might as well play a 3-5-2 three, yeah. with Rashford and Martial up front. Uh, and you put Luke Shaw as a left centre-back, and then you get a little bit of pace around Maguire, because we do have lots of centre-backs right now, like six, seven of them, so you might as well change it to three centre-backs, right? And you bring a bit of pace, and then Teles plays as a left wing-back. I mean, I, I, I can't, I mean, there are worse ideas than that, but worth a try? See, it's possible, but again, you have to fill the void on the right-hand side. I mean, I don't see Van Bissaka playing a Brandon great Williams. role in the wing-back side. Brandon Williams can play. He has the pace, but uh, I'm not sure about his crossing, you know, like... Well, he's and, a right-footed right-back, so... Yeah, he is a right-footed. Yeah, I agree on that. But uh, when you have to play a three at the back and 
playing with two mm-hmm. wing backs you wouldn't have uh, you know loan tiago dalo i mean i think that's his best position mm-hmm. yeah even though he hasn't fulfilled his potential or uh, i mean we have seen some glimpses and all he's crossing is pretty decent but i mean it's a right move to loan him but then again if you're changing formation then if you are loaning him then it's i don't think it's good yeah also yeah so i think the formation might not change uh, we will stick with the four at the back and uh, the difference is a lot of teams use their full backs as you know to get the balls in i mean we have seen from our full backs that we cannot cross a ball i mean you have clearly seen that and yeah. i think with uh, with kavani coming in that's an option right now so i i'm hoping big things from teles because you know uh, of his numbers you can see the numbers like he has 20 good contributions in a year or something so it's a good addition he's at this peak of his career so i hope there is you know some advantage to that current side which we have yeah yeah i mean i mean you know we'll just wait and watch i think i think I, uh, lots of reasons why this deal is happening that i believe so i think it's because the board is too stingy to pay 50 million pounds for a defender so you know we'll pay 15 million euros for a left back you know why not uh, because that's you know that's how it goes but there's certainly an interesting 24 hours ahead for manchester united as far as the transfer window is concerned and we'll keep an eye on that we will have a transfer window show for you by the way uh, tomorrow so please stay tuned for that uh, please remember to like and subscribe uh, to this channel so you can get notifications for that when that video drops so make sure you hit the subscribe button we just reached 90 subscribers as well so it'd be nice to get to 100 if you can by the end of next week so help us get that to that goal uh, so let's talk about the other game now let's talk about liverpool because uh, i mean after everything that you saw united and like being all of that like uh, all of that negativity that you've got anger and then you watch liverpool and you think i mean i'm in canada so i was thinking did i just uh, you know do some marijuana here because that's legal here right we're legal did i just smoke something? what am i smoking like in you know, a 6 7 Uh, but the first time this happened that both united and liverpool have conceded six goals on the same day or six plus goals on the same day uh let's start with uh, liverpool uh let's talk about uh, i mean yeah i wish yeah, let, let's get initial thoughts on this because i have a few thoughts on this but let me what what did you think watching that game i mean uh, it was definitely a free uh, performance i mean it's hard to digest it still i mean i'm still processing the how could we concede seven goals i mean this is a Team which is which was winning everything and not too not too long ago and now all of us we are considering any goals. But the one thing that was sticking out uh, was that back line. I mean that high line. I mean ever since uh, we have seen Bayern play that high line and win that UCL. I mean I don't know what has got into Klopp and uh, Liverpool. I mean they are also trying to like uh, copy that uh, high line and uh, win matches, but. Clearly, uh, one day it was supposed to alter, and today it was the day. I mean, Aston Villa uh, credit to them; they just demolished us, and they took full advantage of that high line and relish uh, and, and the cover. Just Watkins were uh, totally in their mood, and uh, on top of that, when you get three deflected goals, I mean, you just know it. Today is not okay. Was it three? I thought it was two. There was three deflected goals. Yeah, three. Oh, three. three goals. Oh, okay, wow. There was three of them. Um, yeah, I mean, Akash. I, I, before, I mean, I want to talk a little bit more about that, but I do. I just want to get this high line thing now. Liverpool have been playing this high risk football, percentage yeah. football, and I think I, I, it's almost similar to last week's game against Les, between Leicester and City, because that's exactly what I mean. The only difference is City probably had a bit more, were playing a bit more behind, but it's that same thing, right? That ball over the top uh, that we've seen so so often. That that's all you need to do to break it, and I think. I think Liverpool just maybe didn't expect it. Maybe they thought they could counter it, but they just had no answer to it. Did they? Like that whole ball over the top, the ball through, 
it just works doesn't it yeah absolutely uh like you have seen teams playing high line like you know last season bayern were playing high line and they got successful so i think liverpool don't have a solid dm like you can say fabinho and uh, you know alongside with him you can you know protect the back four so uh, but trent and robertson are meant to be attacking full back so you can see what uh, the plan was for aston villa to you know hit hit on counters and with the signings they have made i think it was a phenomenal game from them and jack willis was at the heart of it i think united missed a trick to sign him not to sign him so <laughs> Like, and Jerry Ford scored, obviously right getting a hat trick. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did play as a left winger in this game, though. So we have plenty of those. Yeah, United have plenty of those. That they don't need a left winger. But I do understand where you're coming from. Jack Willis is definitely a special player. I think I think he should now be number one. I think he should be on the team sheet for England now. I I, I don't absolutely yeah. doubts that he shouldn't be starting for England. He should be starting for England. Uh, and talk England. We'll talk about that as well in a second about where England are going. Uh, but uh, uh, I mean, I usually need to ask you this. I For the second goal, I didn't. Uh, the first goal was an error. I think that's that's quite understandable. Uh, that second goal, though, uh, it was Van Dijk was caught a bit out of position because he went up front and then he stayed front. He didn't come back in time. Then he finally comes back and he's getting caught out of position. It's happening quite often. He was also the one with the deflection for that. I think it was the fourth goal or the third goal. I can't remember one of those goals. Um, <laughs> I think it was. I, I can't remember one of those one. was a deflection. I think it was the third goal. Um, yeah. but, but it's happening quite often with him now, isn't it? That he's trying to make these little, little errors in his game that are creeping in. I don't know if it's whether players, teams have figured it out, figured him out, or whether he's a little bit lax. I mean, you know, because he had these issues, having these issues, and is it a worry at this point? Definitely, it's a worry because uh, he is the most experienced defender right now. I mean, he's the one who leads the attack, and he is the one who creates that high line, maintains that high line. and but you can see gomez is roaming around here and there i mean he was the one who was playing watkins on side on many occasions mm-hmm. uh, and uh, barkley were have, was having a field day against him and uh, and so you expect van dyke to protect uh, when gomez is having a bad day and, and but there he is on the other side of the pitch so he can't defect the he's totally out of the picture now so Uh, one can say he is not to be blamed uh, in some sense, but uh, he should dash back definitely, and uh, and Fabinho should also take his place. I mean, these are just simple tactical. If you are trying to play such a high line, you you should be aware of uh, if it backfires, so you should have a plan B of how to mitigate such situation. But today it was shown that uh, we are still lacking in that. I mean, I don't know. We will uh, move forward with this high line thing or uh, get back to the original. Played deeper and uh, just played safe. I mean, we can we have such a goal threat. I don't know why we are trying to play such a high high intensity game. I mean, we can just ease the game and so yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to play a high line, but then even in that high line, if you're, if you're one of your centre halves decide that I want to be a striker, then that is going to create more problems because then you know it affects the whole balance. Uh, but Akash talking about the goalkeeper, this Allison now. There's no doubt he's the best goalkeeper in the in the world. I mean, I would say in the world. I think he's the best goalkeeper in the world right now. Maybe Neuer. You could you could make an argument for Neuer. Maybe one of those two, but definitely one of the top two. But he seems to get a lot of injuries, right? For a goalkeeper, he seems to be injured a lot. Like I mean, this is what like this tenth or ninth or tenth Premier League game that he's missed in the last year or so. It is a concern, isn't it? That even though he's a good goalkeeper, you miss you you miss a, uh, someone for that chunk of games. And apparently, he's not going to be yeah. back after the international break either. That he could be off. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I think uh, he is very crucial to Liverpool. And uh, even last season, 
when they won the league, he was, you know, he when when he is playing in goal, uh, the defenders have that confidence that you know even if they miss make a mistake, there is uh, Allison who will you know protect them. So I think that was the case today. So Adrian, we have seen. I mean, he is a decent keeper, but he deserves to play for a mid-table team, not Liverpool, not even as a backup. I'm sorry about that, but yeah, that's the reality, because he has been making mistakes uh, of late. Uh, I have seen you know the Twitter outrages on. The backup keepers of Liverpool, you can see what happened with Carriers and uh, Mignola even, and now it's Adrian. So I think this is a trend going on. So I think they should invest definitely invest in a better goalkeeper. So as you can see with United, they had Romero, so it wasn't that big of a worry because he was and he still is an assured keeper. So I think Liverpool should improve on that case. And uh, I think what happened with the defending with Liverpool is you know Van Dijk is you know. In the situation like one v one, he is a good defender, but I don't think he expected Aston Villa to play as they did today. Like uh, they got the ball in the center with Grealish or McGinn, and you know uh, they tried to uh, like lob it on the flanks with uh, Watkins creating a space. So this was something new for them, I believe. Uh, I am not sure if they will be playing high line in the future, like against these teams, the ones you rely on the counter attack. And the concern was that uh, if they lose the ball in the center of the area, then obviously it's trouble. And with Adrian in goal, you can say that uh, one out of two times it will be a goal. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting point about getting a better goalkeeper. But how many better goalkeepers would want to be number two at a club, even if it's Liverpool? Um, I'm not sure about that. But um, it, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's one of those games. I think. I mean, there were three. I think the scoreline is a bit flattering because there were three deflections. I think at least two of those probably would have been saved if they hadn't been deflected or might have been going off target. I, I'm not... But they could have scored more. Uh, even yeah, Ross Buckley, like, yeah, Ross sure. Buckley is a phenomenal signing, by the way. I'm sorry, who? Ross Buckley. He, uh, Ross on, Buckley. on loan. Well, I think he's a very good signing. Well, if you can make Ross Buckley look like a world class, and I think you know that there's something wrong with the team. I think that's. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad day in the office. I think that. I think that's that's something. Uh, but I, I, I wish. Uh, one final thing I want to touch on for this specific, and then I want to get into a little bit of a, of a discussion on other things. But um, coronavirus, I mean, obviously, we know uh, Liverpool were missing uh, Mane, they were missing Thiago. I think Thiago could have made a big difference in this game. They also yeah. missed Jordan Henderson, which I think, you know, they might start to see why, why he's crucial to the team. Uh, but do you think that, do you think coronavirus has affected them a little bit, not just in terms of the fact that they were missing players? But also not having fans to see them because I was watching the game. I normally watch with the fake, fake crowd noise, but this one I was watching without the fake crowd noise. It just fe- it does feel a little bit flat, right? It feels like there's no there's no atmosphere. And I think Liverpool thrive off of that atmosphere, um, and they just they weren't at it, right? I mean, since the restart of the league from last season, also we have seen the there's a drop in the results and in the performances. Definitely, fans make a big difference for every club, not just Liverpool. Especially Liverpool, yes, uh, mm-hmm. definitely, because Klopp also gets uh, those high fives and all those. So they feed off the crowd. Klopp makes instigates the crowd to create the noise and atmosphere. So once they have, uh, because the the players on the pitch, they cannot uh, cheer themselves up. I mean, they have to perform. Also, they have to concentrate on the game. I mean, Van Dijk can shout as long as much as he wants. Klopp can shout as much. They hardly listen to that, but the crowd when they are chanting, it definitely gives you a kick. So, yeah. I mean, Adrian could have boosted uh, if he, he, the fans were there, and he definitely dwelt on the mistakes a lot. And uh, there was a vast difference between 
Defensive organization is something you need to put time towards. You need that uh, that time on the training pitch. Is it possible that the short preseason has somehow affected? And this is also goes for City, Manchester City as well. And even you could you could even make a case for Chelsea as well. And all of these teams were involved in in uh, in Europe. Well, not Liverpool, but uh, but at least the three. There, there's been less lack of preparation time. Is that affecting these teams when it comes to def- defensive organization because they're not having the time on the training pitch to do it? Uh. it can but then again you cannot solely blame on lack of preseason you know uh, because what is happening right now with our defensive organization is not normal i mean these are professionals and you expect them to you know st- at least stick to the basics which we are not doing right now you can see all the players are out of their position i mean they don't really have a clue where they are supposed to play so united as a unit i mean and I mean, including Ole and the players itself, they have to regroup and you know formulate a plan to uh, resolve this issue. Because last season, a defensive shape was good, I believe, and it should have stayed that way because our back four hasn't changed. I mean, it has basically remained the same. So the communication is there. I mean, it should be there, but I don't know what's going on. Uh, there has to be something. So I'm I'm actually clueless about the situation right now yeah. as to why we are playing so poor. I'm almost thinking, and and this is a not way to United alone. I think even Liverpool City might be guilty of this. I'm almost thinking that there's almost this this feeling that uh, that teams will not play through you, or teams will not play around you. That that even that if you're Manchester City or if you're Liverpool or if you're Manchester United, teams will try to break you down as opposed to just play that ball over. This, I mean, you could call it arrogance, but they think that they're not going to be taken apart. Uh, I I don't know if you noticed this in the games that you've seen, not just Liverpool but United City. It almost even City, like you know, Pep Guardiola came out and said, "Well, I didn't expect uh, Leicester to put ten men behind the ball and play the ball over the top," which is you know that's that's totally fine for them to do it. I mean, it almost feels like there's an arrogance, isn't there, defensively that we're not going to get they, they, the only way they're going to score is if they if they try to play through us as opposed to try to play around us. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, mean, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the. Ash, we'll come to you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. Because uh, the defenders uh, from Liverpool, they have so much pace. I mean, Trent. Uh, I mean, sorry, uh, Arnold or Robertson has so much pace. I mean, Gomez also has pace. Van Dijk also can uh, track back easily. He even defended Adama Traore not so long ago. So definitely, we are playing high line because our defenders have got pace. So. Definitely, Klopp has that in has that in his back of mind that uh, we can track back uh, if uh, that that long ball is played. But uh, clearly, uh, we are struggling because we are trying to play the offside trap. So the mm-hmm. players are static when the ball is played, and the stri- striker is uh, having a momentum to run behind you. So that uh, split seconds uh, is creating that uh, space for the striker and uh, one on ones and. Uh, Adrian is definitely not Allison caliber so yeah. Uh, uh, yeah I was going to make that point about Adrian the one underrated thing about Allison is that he he often times when the shots comes he catches them he doesn't palm them away yes. he doesn't he catches them that is such an underrated thing because when you catch it you basically stop the attack right there right you're not wasting for second balls um but one thing about the high line though it's it's kind of use pointless thing a high line if you're playing on the half way line 
most of the highlights are going to happen. <laughs> listening a highlight, and we're going to be at the half pill, and you're not going to you're not going to catch them offside there. Uh, but Akash, you had a point to make on that. Yeah, so I was going to say that you know uh, certain teams have their game plan as to how to play against the big teams. So I think those days are gone where you complain about that team is just parking the bus and hoping the ball above the defenders, because you know. the football has evolved and if you get like 70 80% of ball there's not basically nothing for the opposition to do just to maintain their shape and look for a mistake in the opposition team so i don't think the manager should be complaining about that thing anymore yeah well i think it's also now becoming more and more a game of transitions a lot of people talk about bayern's highland but where they excel is transition they know how to win the ball high up the yeah. field and then quickly to counter like that's the way it works and The one team guess the one team that doesn't do it is Manchester United. They do not. They have no pressing. This they were three players who do not press at all, and they and that's why they, no wonder they struggle to pick things up because they rarely ever transition in play. But I think that's one thing. Uh, but I mean, there's a lot more to unpack. I think I think both teams had a pretty poor game defensively. Uh, I think both teams were very bad. I think we can agree on that. The only difference is that the one the one team that loses seven two probably had the worst. I think I don't know. For me, I think probably Liverpool losing seven two is a bigger disaster because you know they conceded more goals than ever against Aston Villa mm. or not. Because they are champions, that's why. Yeah, I would say that. But but there's not going to be any hysteria. The, the, you know the players, yeah. the, the, it will be it will be a bit of a shock, but they'll come back from it. There's no talk about Jurgen out. Uh, you know, buy you know for hundred million pounds worth of players. There's nothing on that sort. Whereas you see what's happening with Manchester United. I think there's it's not a shock. It's something that we all ex- the many of us expected. Maybe not six one, but we knew that uh, there was something coming. And uh, you know, there's a lot of his. <laughs> I think there's a lot of angry people who are probably. I think Edward would probably be saying thank you to Klopp right now. That you know, thank God you guys lost. So at least you got a little bit of pressure off us. Uh, but, I mean, uh, okay, let's just talk a little bit about a few other things. You know, we are running out of time. Uh, are you choosing a man of the match for Liverpool, Aston Villa? Who's your man of the match? Liverpool side. No, anyone. Or, uh, both sides. Who do you think is the man of the match um, of the game? The. It's a tie between Grealish and uh, Watkins, their new striker. Uh, oh, and Barkley also can lay a claim. I mean, he. I mean, there was uh, such a shocking performance for Liverpool and such great performance from uh, Aston Villa. I mean, even their defense was also nice. Tyrone Woodley was. Uh, I don't know what his name is. I mean, he was also good. Mings. So Mings, yes, Mings. Mm. Mings and. Uh, So it was great performance. Martinez was also great. I mean, he pulled off two or three great saves and kept uh, Aston Villa in the game. I mean, uh, it would have uh, equalized also. Uh, back then, uh, if we, uh, luck would have been on our side, if we would have got some deflected goals, who knows? The score line would have been different. But overall, I mean, yeah, one of the match for uh, Grealish. I would go for Grealish. Okay, that's good. Awesome. Akash, uh, Manchester United against Tottenham. Who do you think was the man of the match? Was it Harry Kane? Was it Young Min Son? Or was it Harry Maguire for Tottenham? <laughs> <laughs> he, he got assists for them, didn't he? So, <laughs> no, no. Ask yes, yourself, who do you think was the man of the match for that game? My man of the match was Harry Kane. Uh, he today he acted like a leader. He you know led the team from the front. He dropped back, caught the ball, and let Son create the space on the flanks, and he. Literally destroyed Harry Maguire and uh, Aaron Bissaka on the left. So yeah, Harry Kane. Yeah, and he and he played like a quarterback, almost like a number ten. I know. Yeah, you exactly. Quarterback in the NFL, but I think that was the strategy for Mourinho. I mean, because you have seen the previous Spurs games that Harry Kane was creating a lot of goals for for Son. So with Son being fit, I think Harry Kane did the job well. Yeah. 
I think I think in some ways I think Jose exposed a few of the players. I think this was like a revenge mission for him. I think we have not spoken a lot about Tottenham because we've spoken a lot about Liverpool and United. But I think I think what's un, what's lost is is how Jose knew exactly what he wanted to do. He knew exactly what Pogba's yeah. weaknesses were. He knew exactly what everybody like what the, how the team was going to play. And yeah, it was he's capable of these kind of performances from one 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 from time to time. And this is his second season, so he should expect big. <laughs> I, I I still think Tottenham will not make top four. But I think they will. I think they will get very close, or they will win the Europa. I think that's. I think they'll make that decision when they get. When it they depends on Gareth Bale. I mean, if he clicks, then they are making top four for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still. I mean, I still think Arsenal probably have a better chance. Um, I'm assuming that. I mean, it's it's between Arsenal, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Spurs for those last two spots, uh, and then you got to add Everton and Leicester now. So I, I yeah. think you got to add those five teams. Manchester United are not in it. I mean, let's let's not even kid ourselves. They're not in that. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, on the basis, I, I even, I mean, at this point, I think even if they bring in the players, I, unless they bring in Jadon Sancho or a proper right winger, there might be some hope. But I, I yeah. honestly don't see it. Right but now, those five, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think Leicester, I'll put Leicester, maybe, maybe not, but definitely Everton. Um, even Wolves are in the mix. So yeah, well, they've been a bit inconsistent though. They lost two games of their last three or four. Even Leicester lost to West Ham tonight. Today, yeah, I was senior or something. Yes, that was the first. So, Leicester, I'm not sure yet. So, it's a mixed start for them, yeah. Yeah, but I would say that, uh, yeah, but definitely those four, Spurs, Arsenal, um, Everton and uh, uh, Chelsea, I think they will be competing for those last two spots. I think Liverpool and City, uh, I don't know who's going to win the league. I mean, City... City, I mean, City after 7-2 defeat, you don't put the yeah. assists. <laughs> City, City, City got a point now and they gained a point on Liverpool. They shouldn't have, but they now gained a point on Liverpool. I mean, actually, yeah. it's, it's an, an unbelievable season, but this is going to be interesting. Uh, this, this show used to be called... Uh, um, well, so I guess, yeah, we'll talk about the big winners for tonight. And I, and I think the biggest winners was Everton, uh, for me, I think, because now they're, they're now top of the league and they now know that if they, if they get a draw against Liverpool in the next game, they're going to be top of the league for another weekend. I think they're, they're, they're looking very, very... They're sitting very, very pretty right now. That Merseyside derby. Who expected the Merseyside derby to be an early title uh, title battle? That's that's going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, and then I think the second biggest winners are Arsenal. Not because only because they won yeah. today, which was a great win. But now they can say that they're going to be... That their Invincibles record is safe for another year now. Unless Everton go on. Unless it's Everton. But Everton and Arsenal Villa, both of them. But yeah, but I think they can say now that their Invincibles record is safe for another year. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, Ayush, my last question for you, uh, because this show used to be called uh, Football Humor, so we used to try to bring humor. I think we saw two two LOL moments today. I was laughing. I mean, I've never seen this. Okay, so which do you think was a more funnier moment? Uh, was it Maguire tackling Shaw? Uh, which, <laughs> I, mean, I can't have Maguire tackling Shaw. Out of all the others that he does, he tackled Shaw. Is that, or was it, I don't know if you saw Ollie Watkins hitting the shot on the post? I don't know if you saw where Adrian was at that point. Adrian was outside of the goal. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Jamie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carragher was laughing at that. I mean, I mean, Jamie Carragher was laughing at that. Uh, what do you think was the? I, I, I thought. I mean, I'm, I'm a United fan, so for me, the Adrian thing was more funny. I was laughing for about three hours after that. <laughs> 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 I mean, what was he trying to do? But what that was like a glitch in FIFA. It was like a glitch in FIFA. <laughs> the players <laughs> doing something. Uh, but what do you think? Which one do you think was funnier? Was it Harry Maguire or was it Adrian? Definitely a Maguire for me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's well, there were two, funny. three mistakes. There were three mistakes in, <laughs> in that. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah, actually, the funnier part was Luke Shaw complaining for a foul. Yeah, no, no, but he was fouled. That was <laughs> fouled. He, he, his back was turned, so he didn't know. He didn't know why they fouled him. He was fouled. I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, no. I, I think Lickshaw was fine because he's back Western. He didn't know who tackled him. But he later on realized it was McGuire who tackled him. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> yeah, no, was funny. Like for us spectators, it like it was a funny moment because you know McGuire was pulling him back and he was complaining for a fall to you know for the ref to check for VAR. So that's comedy. I know. I was yeah. It was just fun. Yeah, no. Both of them were serious. It's funny today. Uh, in terms of what of what we have seen, but uh, we now have two weeks to digest all of this because we have no games next week. There's the international break is on. Uh, but one yeah. thing to note is that the two probably two of the worst performers today were Harry Maguire and Joe Gomez, and they're probably going to be England's first centre half pairing. I think <laughs> England. Um, they might be thinking they had a problem at CDM, but I think they they are going to have a problem at centre half because who's coming next is John Stones. So. Or <laughs> save the queen. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no idea what they're gonna. I, I have no idea what's gonna happen with England. I think Gareth Southgate will probably be going back and thinking, like, what am I supposed to do here? Who's coming through? Um, but that's that's an issue. That's an issue for England to solve, and uh, we'll see what they do. But uh, thank you so much, Akash. Thank you so much, Ayush, for joining me. I know it's been a tough, uh, tough well, it's been a tough half, and then and then a good half. So it's like you know, so it's a bit of mixed emotions. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a strange strange day of football. But thank you so much, Ayush, for joining. Thank you so much, Ayush, Akash. Always a pleasure to have you guys on the show. Thanks for easing the pain. Thank I mean, you. for sharing the pain. <laughs> yes, well, we're all feeling it. That's yeah, we're all we're all yeah. feeling that pain. Uh, so it's, it's it's a strange season. Uh, but I, I think I think at some point we're going to have to start doing Everton match reactions at the rate that they're going because yeah. you know normally do that, but we probably yes. won't have to start doing that. But uh, guys, if you enjoyed that video and if you if we have succeeded in lessening your pain a little bit. Uh, please do remember to like and share this video. We appreciate that. And also remember to subscribe if you're new. Uh, bottom Marathon Corner, as we said, we want to get to 100 subscribers on YouTube. So please help us reach that number. Uh, we're at 90 right now. So if you can uh, subscribe to the channel, we can keep producing great content. Um, and that would be really, really appreciated. Also, as I said, we're going to have a transfer reaction uh, video tomorrow after deadline day. So, uh, sorry, after the deadline passes. So we're going to do it on deadline day. Tomorrow is deadline day for most transfers. There'll still be a few days for the PM. Premier League to EFL, but uh, the big big deals will probably happen tomorrow will be the last day. So please remember to uh, subscribe so you can get notifications for that. We'll be providing reaction on that uh, tomorrow. So please join us and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good evening. Uh, enjoy what's left of the weekend. <laughs> I know. And uh, we'll see you again. Have a good weekend. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to that episode of Late Night Football. We need your help to grow this channel, so if you've been enjoying the show thus far, please do like and subscribe to this channel and share it with your friends, family, colleagues, neighbours, drinking buddies, fellow football fans and anybody else you know or don't know. We really appreciate it. Uh, please also follow us on Twitter and Facebook via the links in the description below and spread the word about us. Take care.